Thanks for listening to our podcast. Peterson Toyota, who's a great Ram Nation partner, has been proudly serving the Fort Collins, Windsor, and Loveland communities since 1968. They're a family-owned and operated business, and they're committed to making the car buying and service experience smooth and stress-free with a friendly and accommodating staff in all their departments. Inventory is still an issue in the car business today, but Peterson Toyota prioritizes their inventory for local customers, ensuring that you have the best selection around. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Canalamessa, joined by the infamous Cam's Chorizo, Mike Rowe. We got a good one for you today. We will be bringing on CSU Director of Men's Basketball Operations and Recruiting, Aaron Katsuma. We're going to ask him about the recent moves the team made this offseason, the three guys they brought in, the couple new, uh, the couple younger uh, recruits that, that are coming in that we already knew about. Mike will also share his observations from the spring game last weekend and uh, then we're going to bring in a sophomore quarterback clay millen to talk about his impressions from the spring what to expect in the fall and much more so it's going to be great settle in uh but before we jump in though just a quick announcement we've always kind of done this podcast for fun uh not just kind of we've only done it for fun we started during covid and we just kept it going because we got a lot of good feedback from listeners and fans um, we've never made a dime off it. The ads you hear me read during the show are just an added benefit I give to our sponsors who who we partner with on the RamNation.com website. So we know we're amateurs uh, and we simply just love CSU and love talking about CSU topics. But what's cool is a month or so ago, Nate Lundy, who is president and CEO of Mile High Sports, reached out and invited the Ram Nation Radio podcast to be part of the Mile High Sports podcast family. So what this will do is give us a little better reach. They'll they'll, they'll be cross-promoting us within other shows and on their website, social media and whatnot. And since we spend a lot of time preparing for our episodes and conducting our interviews and then producing and publishing, I mean, it takes a little while to do these. Um, it's just makes you feel good knowing that there's actually some people that hear it. So I think it's just makes us feel more worthwhile that what we're putting into this is going to be heard by potentially more people because of this affiliation. Uh, and plus we will make a little money that will go towards Mike's tailgate beer supply. So um, we've never really even tried to promote this podcast. I've never once asked for reviews or likes or follows, asked you to share anything like that. But I would like to ask you if you're listening to this to do that going forward if you could if you could take the time to follow our show maybe give a review share an episode when you think other people might enjoy hearing it because you might have um, that would really help us grow and uh, provide more value to mile high sports we want to be a good partner to them it is very cool to be affiliated with mile high sports again years ago uh, we actually had a one hour a week show on the, their radio network um, which is why our podcast is still called ram nation radio uh, that, that Mike and I would go into their studio and we would record a live show once every Saturday. Um, and it would run right before college football. So it was really cool. Um, uh, mile high sports for you local folks probably have heard of it. They still have a radio show on 98.1 FM. And in fact, a couple of months ago, the great Sandy Clough came out of retirement, his six month retirement short lived, uh, to do a two hour day show, uh, with Sean Drotar, 
on the uh, network from 2 to 4 p.m. So uh, they, of course, still have their long-running monthly magazine on the stands. And their roster of podcasts is excellent. We'll be joining the likes of podcasts hosted by Drew Goodman, Troy Rank, and a bunch of other shows that are dedicated to Nuggets, Broncos, Rocks, Avalanche, and more. So needless to say, we're honored and psyched about it during the offseason. Like now, we'll try to have a episode every couple of weeks. And uh, when we get back in the season, we'll we'll go back to doing one once a week during the college athletics year. So nothing really changes for you guys, the listeners. You'll still find us the same places you always did. Just on our end, we'll be publishing on a different platform. We're no longer on the Anchor or Spotify platform. But again, um, you know, if you could take just a few seconds and make sure you're following us, give us a good review if you feel so inclined, and share with others when compelled. Uh, that would be awesome. And we'll remain committed to bringing on fun and interesting guests and have in-depth conversations that uh, we think are valuable to Ram fans. All right, without further ado, let's bring in Aaron Katsuma. Aaron, I know you are on the recruiting trail as we speak. Where are you and who did you just offer scholarships to? <laughs> oh, so uh, I'm coming back from the from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, won't... Uh, won't disclose who we who we're talking to or um but uh, uh guys that ram nation would be uh, excited to to watch and uh that's the goal that's awesome i obviously we've talked to you in person more recently than this but the last time we had you on this podcast was during covid and uh back then it's been a minute and it's been a minute it's been 3 years now almost and uh that's crazy. i know at that time you were you were excited because you were working on getting your golf handicap down like mm-hmm. five strokes at that point. Um, how are you playing these days? Have you caught Nico yet? At a, what is he a two? Yeah. Coach is like a two. Um, I've never beaten him when we've been in the same group. I've beaten him on the same day on the same course, but never in the same group for, for some reason, mentally, I just collapse uh, when it gets tight, but, uh, but I'm going to get him this summer. I have no doubt. Um, hmm. I have no doubt. So well, it's always important to let your boss win, you know. Yeah, you know, he does. It. He's got to feel good about something. Um, <laughs> you know, we're we're all highly competitive though, and it's uh, when we get out there, the juices are flowing, and uh, we like to compete, you know. And that's it's always fun getting out there. And uh, but no, I'm not. Now it's time. I'm I'm done letting him, you know, talk smack to me every single time we're out there. It's it's time to deliver now. All right, well, we're gonna set up a. a around down here in Denver, or we'll maybe hook TPC again. We'll have to hook up DJ and, and get something going, but I uh, can't hey, wait. Yeah, me too, man. It's that time of year. So uh, in all honesty, how is uh, the recruiting trail going? Are you guys looking right now at 24s or 25s or? Yeah, no, just everybody. Um, obviously we, uh, we just finished um, for the most part um, in 23 with the transfers and uh have kind of started looking ahead to 24s and 25s and guys that we've identified as um, players that uh, can hopefully make a big impact uh, into our program. And, um, you know, we're excited. It's been uh, two weeks. Uh, the live period has been open. And so, you know, we've been able to get our eyes on a lot of guys, whether that's film, in person, um, talking on the phone. And so uh, we feel like we got a deep list right now of guys that we're really excited about and we'll continue to evaluate and, Hopefully get some of these guys on campus uh, at the end of the summer, early August, uh, and get some stuff done. So you you lead this process, right? Uh, 
is this, how, how does it work? I mean, how do you determine when and where the staff is going? Then, then how do you decide when it's time to offer a scholarship? Cause it's probably, probably like putting together pieces of a puzzle. Right. And then you actually put like a time frame on when they would need to and accept an offer so that you can, if they're dragging out, you could move on to the next. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's a really collective effort. Um, one thing that I appreciate about Coach Medved so much is that he takes everyone's input, um, whether that's me, whether that's our GAs, uh, everybody. And so before he makes a decision, um, he gets everybody's opinion on staff, and that doesn't happen everywhere. Um, he's very inclusive. And so for us, it's just, again, you know, it's word of mouth. It's it's watching a ton of film during the season, uh, postseason, and just – kind of getting a big list of names and then figuring out, okay, who's, who's kind of in the wheelhouse, um, who fits character wise. I mean, that's a non-negotiable for us. If, 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 you know, you're not a high character kid, if you're not about the right things, uh, it'll never work here. Um, and so, you know, we got to get underneath some of that stuff early on in terms of talking to the right people. Um, but in terms of a timeline, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy how much, faster some of these high school kids are making decisions with with the transfer portal and everything um so we typically don't put a timeline on anybody um at least at the high school level um until you know maybe late september october when when it's time to make some real big decisions but um for right now we're just trying to get to know some of these kids and uh, what makes them tick who they are as people um the people around them and um, really try to evaluate you know their games and how they fit how do you decide when it's time to bring Nico in to meet the recruit? Um, once we dig, you know, get underneath it and dig deeper, and um, you know, obviously, if they're if they're good kids, uh, we feel like their games um, fit who we are and, and what we're about in our system. Then, uh, then we'll get them involved. But um, but prior to that, it's it's more on us to just again as a staff figure out, uh, narrow in, identify. Uh, Know, get underneath it all and then when it's time to bring him in uh what the, the big guy do do what he does the closer brings comes brings in the coffee <laughs> the closer yes all right so well speaking of closing um we just wrapped up our well hopefully just wrapped up our our 23 recruiting class uh we signed two two players in the fall in, in Kyan Evans and Rashawn in Bimbe in, in Bemba, sorry. And then we just uh, locked down Joel Scott, Nick Clifford, and Javante Johnson. Uh, can you give us a quick breakdown of, of what they'll bring to the program and kind of what you see their roles for 23 and 24? Sure. So uh, we'll start with the with the two young guys, Kyan Evans and Rashawn. Um, Kyan is a dynamic, versatile guard, um, uh, high-level IQ and feel. Um, he's going to bring an immediate impact in terms of his defensive presence. Um, he's really well coached coming out of high school in AAU. The kid's a winner. Um, and so I'm really excited just to be around him on a daily basis. Uh, Ram fans will love his personality. He's a great kid. Uh, older brother plays basketball. Um, and so he's just, he's just one of those guys that, uh, I think Ram Nation is going to love. Rashawn Mbemba, 6'8", physical, tough, um, bruiser uh but he's got great feet great hands a soft touch um you know he's somebody that we're going to rely on to uh just bring some nasty 
you know what I mean? Bring some toughness and physicality to our team that, uh, quite frankly, uh, we've, we've maybe lacked um, in years past. And so I'm excited about him. Um, another guy who's got a, a high IQ. He's played against pros uh, the last couple of years. And so um, I'm really excited about him. Um, in terms of the transfers, uh, I'm only allowed to talk about Joel Scott right now because he's he signed. The other two um, are not. Um, but Joel, man, uh, unbelievable kid. Um, unbelievable kid. Another guy that Ram fans are going to enjoy watching next year. Um, immediate impact, uh, big time rebounder, big time motor. Can put it on the floor, uh, can stretch it from three. Uh, just another guy who who brings some toughness and a lot of physicality to our team that we need. Um, and I'm I'm really excited about about Joel Scott. Um, can you say anything about Cam Lowe? He was a Air Force uh, commit attended prep school, and it seems like he's going to walk on at CSU next year. He is. He's another guy. I'm not sure that uh, – I'm not sure how much I can disclose, but, yeah, he's – we're excited about him. He can he can really shoot the ball. Um, great personality. So, yeah, we're, we're excited. I know I, – I mean, 4A player of the year just two years ago down in the Springs. So, um, seems like we're really hitting that Springs area hard. Yeah, you know, there's there's some guys obviously uh, from Colorado who, um, you know, the three wanted to make a change and uh, but stay close to home, and so um, really excited. And it's important that you know we keep the best talent in state, um, and those those guys are are guys that we feel um, are going to all make a huge impact within our program um, in various ways, um, just not on the court, not not only on the court, but in the community and. Um, and everywhere else associated with, with CSU. So I know you can only officially talk about Joel Scott, but can you kind of tell us how that and in general, how the others may have come to be? I mean, this is a staff that previously recruited each of them, I think out of high school. Right. So there was, there was a, a relationship there that was already existing. Did um, when they entered the portal or when Joel Scott entered the portal, did he, did he target CSU? Did you guys target them? Um, how did, how did that work? Yeah. So, um, obviously we're, we're, we're scraping, we're digging the portal every single day. Um, uh, but it's, again, it's about finding the right, right guys that fit who we are and fit our program and our system. And so, um, in particular, Joel, he, you know, he popped in the portal. Uh, we knew who he was. We had watched some film. Um, some of the stuff he does just jumps off the, you know, off the tape. And so we called him. Um, again, he's, he's one of the best kids to talk to super, uh, you know, outgoing down to earth. And, uh, so, uh, we had known of him obviously, but, but once he entered the portal, we called him, um, started to build a relationship with them. Uh, we were able to get him on campus as soon as we could. Uh, he came up here and by the end of the visit, he, uh, he had decided he wanted to be a Ram. And so, uh, they don't always end up going like, like Joel Scott, but, you know, we're fortunate that um, he wants to be a part of this and um, he made it he made it uh, as maybe easy as, as it possibly could have been. So we're, we're really excited. Were his parents really excited that they could finally be proud of a son going to a good <laughs> state of Colorado? That's hilarious. No, I think, uh, you know, obviously staying close to home was important to him, um, you know, playing in the RMAC. His parents were able to see um, a lot of his games, especially in Colorado. And, uh, 
And so for them to be able to come up to, to Moby Arena at least 16 times uh, next year and watch them play and then, you know, um, in various regions of the mountain, you know, various venues of the Mountain West, uh, I think that was important to him. And so he's got a – it's funny, like, he's got a Colorado State flag in his room. Uh, you can tell that he takes a ton of pride um, from being from Colorado. And so, uh, I mean, it was – I think when he got to campus, he met us. He met our guys. I think to him it was a no-brainer. And for us it was a no-brainer. So, um, I, I tell you, I, I can't wait to see him put on that green and gold and, and show out for Colorado and for CSU and the state of Colorado, sorry, and CSU. And uh, I think he'll make Ram fans proud. You think the – the fact that the three of them were all kind of from the same area influenced their decision at all to, to join together or was they just, was it just kind of a coincidence? Oh, I think it was a coincidence. You know, obviously they, they knew of each other, but, uh, but we recruited each of them separately. Um, and I think it was just the icing on the cake that all three decided to come. And, um, you know, again, I think there's just a sense of pride having been from Colorado raised in Colorado. Um, these guys know what it means. And so for all three of them and, and Cam, the four of them, um, you know, I have a sense of, of ownership um, and making sure that this thing is keeps going on an upward trajectory. So keeping with the recruiting talk, the portal, um, obviously it's changed the landscape of, of college basketball recruiting. You know, from the outside looking in, it almost seems like not only do you have to recruit players maybe for almost immediate play or two years down the line, but you also have to recruit your own players. Um, when, when you're looking at that, um, how, how, how has it changed and, and how, how's it playing out with you guys? Yeah. So, um, you know, like you said, it's, it's constantly evolving and changing and with NIL and everything else, um, it's a circus, but, um, you know, if, if you're not uh, up to the times and you're going to get passed up. And so uh, obviously it's about who is on your roster right now. Um, it was important for us to to retain um, a majority of our guys and then and, you know, add the right pieces. And so uh, in terms of the portal, again, you just got to understand where you are as a program and who is attainable. Right. Who fits. Uh, what's important to them. And so uh, I think we did a really nice job of identifying kind of who, who are the guys that uh, can, can help take us to the next level, but also who fit what we do and who we are. And, um, and that's kind of the name of the game. Like uh, if you reach too high, you might be wasting time, you know, on somebody that might be in the wheelhouse who uh, you know uh, who you can get. And so it's, uh, it's definitely a, a piece, you know, uh, interesting uh, time but um you know you just go through it you like i said 50, you know, in the beginning there were so many names and so you were watching so much film and looking at the numbers and calling people but at the end of the day um uh, still comes down to who fits and and you know who, 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 what they're about you mentioned nil what what is the green and gold guard doing for your program as far as I guess retaining uh, I know that it's a little bit different setup and it's still very much in its infancy stages but it's not like we are 
position where we're out there offering a hundred thousand dollars to every guy in the portal, right? Like some schools are able to do, but uh, how is the green and gold guard working for you guys? And and how do you see that going forward? Yeah. So no, it's a good question. And, you know, John Weber, um, who's, who spearheaded the green and gold guard, uh, he's done an unbelievable job. Um, he's, he's working his tail off um, and he's providing our student athletes with, um, as many resources and opportunities as you can. Um, and, and I know uh, there's a lot of people working tirelessly to to help put our, our, our student athletes, not only men's basketball, but football, women's basketball, volleyball, track and field, everybody, um, you know, give, give, giving everybody the opportunities that uh, maybe they weren't afforded earlier on within their careers. And so uh, I don't know that we could ask any more of John and his group. Um, they're doing everything they can. And, uh, but, it's an exciting time, and I think our guys are are seeing the effort um, and the time being put into them uh, in terms of the NIL landscape. And so I think they're very appreciative and grateful for for where we're at as a program, and, and hopefully it'll just continue to get better. How difficult was it for you guys to last year navigate the uncertainty of whether David Roddy was going to return or stay in the draft? And how did you juggle – during that period, what you needed from uh, the portal and your recruiting needs with his uncertainty. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I don't want to say impossible, but it was really difficult. You know, obviously he had just come off a, a monster junior year where he was mountain West player of the year, first team, all league, honorable mention, all American. And so, you know, you're calling different guys and you're, you're, trying to find the right guys to to plug and play and and make an impact and you know everyone that you call is well what's David doing you know is he staying is he leaving I want to play with them well what's my minutes look like if he comes back and so um you know there was just like you said there was a lot in uncertainty and then you know we were fortunate to bring in a guy like Pat Cartier and another guy in Josiah Strong and Joe Palmer late um uh, that you know, are going to be in our program for multiple years. And so obviously um, the year that we had this past year, there was a lot of uh, um, ups and downs and, and the lack of continuity with guys being injured or sick and season ending injuries. But um, but the guys that we were able to bring in, I thought uh, really acclimated themselves uh, really well in the locker room. Uh, they're all three really, uh, and Kyle Evans, all, all four of them really, really good dudes that, um, you know, uh, are going to are gonna play a huge part in our success this next year, barring uh, any injuries, knock on wood. And so we're really excited about, you know, running the back with those four guys that we brought in last year. So now you're in a similar situation with Isaiah testing the waters as well. Is there anything you learned from the Roddy situation that you would do differently this time around? Or is it just a situation of it is what it is? You know, it's you obviously you reflect and you you think about what happened last year, and um, they're in very similar situations. Uh, Isaiah Stevens will play in the NBA one day, I have no doubt. Um, and so, you know, obviously, getting him back for our program would be uh, huge. You know, there's there's no replacing Isaiah Stevens, there's no replacing David Roddy, um, the guys that we have brought in. Um, and then the guys that are returning that have been in our program now for a year or two uh, who will take a jump. Um, I think we're better positioned if that were to happen. But, um, you know, obviously uh, Isaiah is 
no, you know, whatever we do, no one's going to be able to replace him right away. And so uh, if ever um, you could argue, he's one of the best Colorado state Ram players of all time. Um, just if you look at everything he's accomplished and, and the type of person he is. And so um, it's going to be by committee, but um, hopefully uh, he'll be in that green and gold next year and, and, and rock and Moby. You got any guesses on what percentage, what percentage he might be leaning towards, or is there enough feedback yet, or whether he might be going pro or returning to CSU? I honestly have no idea. Um, you know, he's he's starting to work out for some NBA teams, and so it's still really early on. Um, hopefully, no in the next, no more in the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't think he'll drag it on. Not that David dragged it on. Um, David had a really difficult decision. I think he was the third to last player um, who put his name in as an early entrant to decide. Um, but I think Isaiah will have his mind made up um, earlier because um, he knows that if he does leave, then, you know, there's a chance we got to go try to find another guy. And, and so he's very cognizant of that and, and uh, he's going to do what's best for him, but he also really cares about, you know, Colorado state as a program. So. Well, can't go wrong with whatever he, he chooses, but sure no question. Have him one more year, you know, no question. Uh, last question for me on that, but uh, is, are, are you seeing tampering? Is it, uh, are, are you seeing guys or schools or back channels, whatever coming after guys like him or David Roddy or people within our program? Is that are you seeing that happening? Uh, you hear about some of the stuff, um, you know, and, and so much uh, of college basketball recruiting right now is uh, you don't know what to believe at times, you know what I mean? In terms of, you know, who's reaching out to who, um, what the numbers actually are of guys, what they're getting, you know what I mean, offered. And so, uh, you know, I'm not naive. I don't think any of us are naive. There's definitely some of that going on to, to what extent. Uh, we can't say. I don't know. But, um, but I'm sure some of that is going on. Next, you just kind of changing gears. You just kind of hinted on it this past season. You know, CSU had had three straight 20 plus win seasons, and then 22 23 comes up. Uh, Zay gets hurt early. Well, we kind of come out of the box pretty strong. Um, and then lots of ups and downs after that. Uh, what were some of those difficulties? What's kind of the reasoning why this wasn't like a typically uh, Medved coach team? You know, um, it's a good question. Obviously, we were hit with the in injury bug early. Um, whenever you lose, arguably the best player uh, in the league to start the year, uh, you kind of got to reinvent yourself. And so, you know, obviously he missed the first eight games of the year. Um, he comes back. You know, then we lose Josiah Strong to Mono for the whole year, who we thought was going to, you know, play a major role for, for our team in terms of the presence defensively he brings, uh, his shot-making ability, his leadership. So you lose a guy who, you know, made 83s a year before at 43%. That's a big blow and, and was all defense in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, you lose him. Yeah, you lose a big young big kid for the year after he breaks his thumb who was showing some promise. Uh, um, you have a guy, Jalen Lake, get a concussion. You got Tavy, who's got who gets COVID twice in a hundred days, and so it's just one of those years where, um, and then big, you know, Big Jake tears his ACL in the summer, um, and so it's just one of those years where, uh, you know, you just kind of feel snake bitten. Uh, 
lack of continuity. Uh, one person comes back, another person gets hurt or gets sick. And so it was just one of those years. And I really genuinely feel, you know, we go to UNLV, we beat them in overtime, um, and we're starting to figure it out. Um, then we get a concussion. And so, you know, but the last five to six games, we had a, a nine-man rotation. Uh, I felt like those guys really bought into their roles. Um, I'll say this, this team never gave up. They came in every single day uh, to practice, wanting to get better. They were locked in. Um, and I thought we were playing our best basketball at the end of February and early March. And, um, you know, we gave San Diego State everything that they could handle in that Mountain West quarterfinal game. And, um, you know, hopefully again, you know, we bring a lot of these guys back. A guy like Jalen Lake, I thought towards the end of the year when he was healthy, really took a step. Um, Tavy Jackson, you know, he kind of hit that freshman wall in the middle of the season. But towards the end of the year, again, he was he was making an impact. Um, he's going to take a big step. Uh, Pat Cartier, he was the most efficient person in the league in terms of scoring from two. Um, I thought Joe Palmer got more comfortable in his role making shots. So, you know, we bring a lot of pieces back and then you add add some of the guys that we're bringing in and, and you know, uh, keep a guy like Isaiah Stevens around for another year. You know, uh, you're cautiously optimistic. So we lost a few longtime Rams this offseason to the transfer portal. Guys that were kind of that were important for that 2022 team. Um, what were those conversations like with the staff and them? Yeah. So, you know, again, obviously you hear about some things and, um, you know, you, you hold exit meetings with, uh, with each one of our guys. And, um, you know, some guys just wanted a, a fresh start. Some guys wanted bigger roles. And the only thing that, you know, uh, we could give them is honesty. And so, um, and coach Medved, he's, again, he's, one of the most genuine, honest guys that, that I've ever been around. And so, you know, obviously we know 15 and 18 isn't going to cut it. Um, and so those were honest conversations about where our program was that this past year. And some guys had some opportunities and, and, and made the most of them or didn't. And so those conversations were honest conversations and we needed to get better. And I think we have. Since this conversation started, James Moore's just signed – a uh, professional contract with the Brisbane uh, team in, in the Australian league. So tip of the cap to James, proud of him. That's awesome. Yeah. No, big Kiwi. Uh, that's in, that's been in the works for, for a minute here, but uh, man, super proud of him. That, that was a guy that committed to us at Drake, um, you know, followed us here to Colorado state and uh, has been loyal, has worked his tail off, has gotten better, stronger, um, and so I'm, I'm really excited about his opportunity to go, go back home and, and play. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a long career over overseas there. Did you get any examples of things you're hearing about crazy NIL, NIL numbers being thrown around or stuff on the recruiting trail <laughs> requests from, from prospects? Like, Hey, if you want to, if you want me, you're going to, you're going to pay me X amount. Are you seeing any stuff like that? Yeah, no, there's definitely some stuff going around and uh, I won't disclose names or anything like that. But, you know, there's kids asking for 250 starting starting roles and no less than 30 minutes a game. Like it's, um, you know, and that's just that's just one example. But, you know, you hear numbers 
uh, upwards to, to 800,000 um, for, for guys. And so um, it's, I mean, it's the wild, wild west. And, um, you know, there's obviously some programs who, who have raised a ton of money in their collectives or whatever, and, and, and can, can those some of those dollar amounts out. But um, for us, that's not how we're going to operate. And uh, yeah. we're, we're good with that. It seems crazy to guarantee someone X amount of minutes. <clears throat> oh yeah, no, that's yeah. There's that. Yeah, there's that's one example that uh, I had heard that a kid, yeah, was hey, I want this amount. I need to start, and I need to play at least this amount of minutes, um, barring foul trouble or injury, or whatever. So that's happening. Wow, it's a different world, bud. I don't, I don't envy you at this, uh, the way basketball and college athletics is in general right now. Um, and so, and then the other thing is we hear this all the time on our message boards and you see it on social media and, but everyone is like, why are we not going after these long athletic bigs? And it's just not that easy, right? How, what, what's the challenge to finding those kind of guys and getting commitments from those kind of players? Well, I think the bigs, bigs are the most, uh, the most difficult position to recruit, especially for how we play as well. Like you can't just take an, you know, uh, a long rangey non-skilled big does just not work for how we play. They got to be able to pass. They got to be able to shoot. They got to be able to put it on the ground a little bit. They got to be able to make decisions. And so, um, so it's not as easy as it seems. Um, and, and those typically those guys that are super athletic block shots, rim runners, um, you know, they're ending up at, at high major schools. And so, you know, I feel like our bigs that we have in our program, uh, Rashawn coming in, I think I think people are going to be surprised by the week that Kyle Evans will make this year. Um, and we saw glimpses of it last year at times. But, um, you know, he's added 20, 22 pounds and uh, has been in the gym since breaking his hand. And I think uh, people are going to see a different level of play from him. Obviously, Pat coming back uh, will be huge for us in terms of just the production and the leadership. And then a guy like Joel Scott, you know, he'll, he'll bring some rebounding that our team lacked a little bit last year. Um, that's one skill that will translate from what, you know, the level that he was at, he averaged almost 10 rebounds a game. And so, um, you know, he goes and gets it with two hands and he's, and he's strong, uh, tough, uh, never takes himself out of a place. So, you know, it's about fit too. Like those guys just don't fit the system that we run offensively. And so, um, unless you can find me a seven footer that can pass, dribble, shoot, make decisions, run, uh, handle the ball. Um, those guys typically are NBA players. <laughs> I was going to say, why can't you just get Nikola Jokic? Yeah, right. Team, right. Oh, man. How impressive was he last night? Holy cow. It was unbelievable. I was, there. I was there. It was awesome. So loud. So loud. Unbelievable. That, uh, yeah, you could, you know, I, I was watching it on TV, but when KCP hit that three to go up 96-93, I was like, okay, yep. it's over with. It's over yep. with. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, speaking of Kyle Evans, like, him, a late signing, um, what didn't seem like we were going to expect much from him, and then all of a sudden, obviously some injuries coming in, but he just started producing. Like, what were the things that you were seeing in practice that start translating in, in into the game times. Yeah, well, it started, I mean, in the recruiting process, um, you know, I was fortunate to go out on the road the last two periods of July 
Um, and, and big Jake had just gotten hurt. And so, you know, we, we were in the market for a big, it had to be the right big. We were just going to take anybody, but I mean, they were, you know, he was guarding Gabe cups. who's going to Indiana. Uh, he was guarding Reed Shepard. That's going to Kentucky. And these guys are guards um, and staying in front, guarding the ball, blocking shots. Uh, he had multiple uh, games where he made five, three pointers in the game. And so I was like, Oh, like, man, the kid runs like a deer. And so, when we got him, he obviously missed the whole summer. Uh, came to school August, whatever, 18th, whatever it was. Um, and then just competed, you know what I mean? Like, he just continued to get better in practice and, uh, you know, uh, do some, you know, Pat, we're getting foul trouble early on in the year. And so we had to kind of just, kind of just throw him in there. And uh, like you see him going going at St. Mary's against their, their ginormous bigs and holding his own and getting a huge offensive rebound, kicking it out to – to Joe P for a three that uh, that helped us win that game. And then followed that up with a, another strong showing against USC. Uh, and then another one against New Mexico where he was battling big Morris who does he. And so, you know, I think he just kept getting more confidence and, and he kept getting better in the reps at practice. And so, um, you know, he's continued, he's got to continue to get in the gym and get stronger, but um, really excited about his growth and potential and, and what he can bring to our team. Shift gears a bit. Uh, so as a staff, do you all talk about conference expansion, realignment, CSU going to a, an A5 conference or the Mountain West, uh, bringing in more teams? I mean, do you ever have those discussions? Not to be honest, not really, because um, those are all things we have no control over. You know what I mean? Like uh, I was just reading something the other day about in the athletic about San Diego State going to the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, and it's just like, until something happens, like you have no control over it, right? So, um, so we we don't talk about it at all. Um, if it happens, great. If not, you know we're gonna we're gonna try to dominate the Mountain West and um, and do what we do. But uh, but yeah, it's it's not talked about very often within our you know staff meetings and whatnot. How how important was San Diego State's run uh, for the Mountain West? It seemed like. You know, last year we had four teams get in, and unfortunately all four lost early. I mean, three of the four lost early this year, but, you know, San Diego State made that run. Like, how important is that for the perception of our conference? Oh, it was huge. Um, you know, I think that the, the nation saw how good our league is. Um, you know, San Diego State, uh, they they represented the Mountain West uh, with class, and uh, – uh, they they beat some really good teams and you know throughout the year people pay attention to that and even the year you know two years ago we made it we beat Creighton um you know we beat St. Mary's who was who was the high seed um and so you know people across the country who know basketball know how strong of, of a league the Mountain West is but it was just it was validated with that runs you know San Diego State made and you know you could argue that had the COVID year not happened they would have been a one seed and uh, we wouldn't even be having this conversation about does the Mountain West belong. So, well, last time we talked, you said one of your goals was, or one of the things you wanted to do more in your career was coach. You know, instead of like right now, you are director of basketball operations, director of recruiting. Uh, but since then, you've been a pretty integral part of coaching from the bench. How has that evolution gone for you? In in addition to your other responsibilities. You know, coach, again, I, I keep repeating myself, but, um, 
you know, he's, we've obviously had a ton of discussions and he knows what I want to do. And starting July 1st, you know, they're adding two more coaches to the floor. And so um, I'm really looking forward to that. So myself and um, I believe Joe Desiman, who, who Ram fans know, uh, will be able to be on the floor coaching and, and helping our guys more. But, um, you know, he's always just given me the autonomy to, to do um, what I love and, and, and make an impact how I see fit. And so, um, you know, uh, whenever he, you know, whenever there's an emergency, family emergency amongst our staff or, um, you know, for, for whatever reasons, and he's given me a bunch of opportunities to go recruiting. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely indebted and grateful to him because, uh, you know, I, I've been afforded a lot of opportunities that maybe some people in my position have not. And so that definitely doesn't go unnoticed. You're part of the Asian Coaches Association. You know, as a person of color myself, I love seeing organizations like this. Can you tell us a little bit about it and why these organizations are so important? Yeah, so um, so Mike McPyle, who's the, the first uh, Asian American basketball coach to be a head coach at the Division I institution at UC Riverside, he and uh, a guy by the name of Steve Yang started uh, Asian Coaches Association. Um, Steve's at McNeese State as an assistant coach on the women's side. And so, um, you know, during the COVID year, they started doing these 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 seminars and uh, having different people speak. Uh, Eric Spolstra, uh, all, all men and women of, of Asian descent, of Asian ethnicity. And so it just kind of grew. Um, and it's, and it's grown tremendously over the last three or four years. And, um, you know, I think it's just significant, just the representation, um, and people of Asian ethnicity, um, they know basketball too, you know what I mean? And, and, and there's a lot of Asians who are passionate about basketball, who love the game. And so I think it's just in terms of the representation for not just Asians, but, African-Americans and Latinas and wh whoever it is, uh, it's just important for those organizations to exist and to keep expanding uh, because there's a lot of really talented uh, people in basketball of different ethnicities. Um, and so it's just a, it's a really cool way to, to highlight them and, and spotlight them and uh, give them some opportunities that uh, maybe weren't afforded a few years ago. That's good to hear. That's, that's, that's great to hear. Um, so, a couple months ago, my buddy Jeff Riley showed me this grainy video, similar to that famous Bigfoot video from the <laughs> 60s. And in this video, it appeared like a, a certain friend of our program mm -hmm. was beating Coach Ali in a shooting competition. Can you confirm the authenticity of this it's video? Daily. It's daily. <laughs> it's daily. Coach Ali knows it's daily. Our guys in our program know it's daily. You know, Coach Ali now is 35, so I've got, you know, he's got five years on me. He's lost his legs. He's a jump shooter. I'm a set shooter. And so, you know, he can barely get it to the rim anymore. Um, I feel bad for him. You know, it's, it's the four kids. It's, you know, he's got tired legs. Even when he goes home, he's got tired legs. So, um, so yes, that is that, – that video should be blasted out on social media. Um, you know, he knows, he knows the deal. He knows the deal. <laughs> I love you know what Tavy said the exact same thing. No, he, he knows. I asked him when we had him on. I was like, "All right, who's the best shooter on the staff?" And he's like, "Well, Ali's gonna say it's him, but it's Aaron." 
you know. And I actually I won't even take that crown. Like uh I think Joe Joe Desmond, man, when he's uh when he's locked in, I still think Joe D's the best shooter on our staff, and it's not close. Um you know, he uh he tore his quad muscle uh a little over a year and a half ago, but uh but he's getting right again and so um, he he's still got a strap now. He can still make shots at a high level. Ram up, sign him. <laughs> I don't know if he'll if he'll agree to do that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but he can still make shots. I'll tell you that much. Hey, Aaron, what's next on the calendar for you? Recruiting periods and all that. Next on the calendar, um, it's quiet now. So on Friday, I'll go quiet. Um, Really can't do anything the month of May, but then June, uh, our guys will come back the weekend of June 3rd, 4th. Uh, our summer, our eight-week summer session starts uh, June 5th. Uh, these guys will come back on campus. We'll have a few weeks with them. And then and we go back on the road the weekend of June 20 or whatever it is. Um, there's two live periods in June. And then July, there's three live periods. So, uh, you know, hopefully you'll get a little downtime here in May. Uh going to Arizona next week, going to go golfing at uh, Dove Mountain, uh, you know, where the center match play was a few years ago. Um, and so going to gonna spend some time down there for a long weekend and then recharge and, and get back to it. Fantastic. Enjoy that, man. Hey, do you know, of, uh, is the schedule mostly done? Oof, not done. Not done. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, we're working on it. Um you know, obviously we got Colorado coming back here uh, to Moby. Uh, we got St. Mary's coming to Moby. Uh, we're going to go play in the Hall of Fame Classic in, in Kansas City against uh, uh, Creighton, Royal Chicago, and uh, Boston College. So if Ram fans can make it for Thanksgiving, uh, man, we, we want to show out and, and pack the place. But um, other than that, we got to go to Northern Colorado at some point this year. Uh, date is still to be determined, but we're working – uh, to, to add a few more games, uh, definitely some home games, maybe a, a, another series on the road, a uh, neutral site game somewhere. And so, um, you know, hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll get some more uh, announcements in terms of, uh, of opponents and times and dates. But uh, it's a work in progress right now. Um, and it is for everybody in the country. Everyone's trying to solidify their rosters and figure out what their team will look like first, uh, then determine how, how difficult or how easy to schedule, uh, et cetera. So now it's a work in progress, but hopefully it'll be done. Uh, what, what day is it? May 2nd? 2nd. By the end of June, I hope we're done. <laughs> By the end of June, I hope we're done. Are you on your way home or are you heading to another city? No, on the way home. All right, On the, man. On the way home. So we're, uh, We'll get back at it tomorrow. Our guys, uh, this is the dead week right now, so guys are studying for finals, and they got finals coming up next week. They'll head home for a few weeks, and then we're right back at it. So, um, you know, I want to shout out our guys who have graduated, Jake Jennison, Isaiah Stevens, um, who's graduating, John Tanjay, who's graduating, James. Um, who am I missing? I'm missing one more. The walk-on. Bassett. Yeah, Nick Bassett, um, yeah. so all these guys that, you know, uh, came to CSU and uh, are getting their degrees, uh, super happy for them, really proud of them. And uh, they represented CSU um, even more so than I think they even realized. And so, um, you know, to be a NABC all-academic team the last two years, 
uh, these guys got it done both both on the floor and in the classroom and in the community. And so uh, really proud of them. Well, buddy, travel safe. Appreciate it all the time. It's always awesome no, catching up with you. Appreciate you guys. And, and Mike, come on, man. How many road trips we, we you making next year? Uh, I gotta, you got to wait till the schedule comes out the end of June. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. No, it was great seeing you in, in Vegas. And uh, it was awesome. Joe, we got to get you on a road trip, man. I don't know if uh, the last one I made, well, obviously Vegas last year didn't make it this year, but uh, Duke a couple years ago. That's um, right. I would love to come to Kansas City. That would be an amazing trip. So. Yeah, we are looking. Oh, we are looking at KC. That's one of my favorite cities. Love the barbecue. Under there. underrated city. Yeah, underrated city. It's you know, uh, it should be a fun event. Um, four really good teams who are going to compete, and um, you know, obviously an opportunity for us to to do it on a national level. Um, with Creighton having just been to the to the Elite Eight, Loyola Chicago is one of the premier, you know programs in the A-10 and then Boston College ACC program that uh, under Coach Grant's just getting better and better. And so it, we'll have our hands full. But um, but if Ram fans can make it for Thanksgiving in Kansas City, what better place to spend it? Right. No doubt. So. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate no, it. appreciate you guys. You. Yeah, good to see you guys, too. We'll talk good soon. Good to see you. Good talk to see soon. You. All right. Just a fantastic conversation with Aaron Katsuma. Lucky to have him. And providing his insights, man. Learn something new every time you talk to him. I hope you all enjoyed that. Let me pause real quick and tell you about Ginger and Baker. Stop in for an amazing dinner at the Cash where you can enjoy fine steaks and chops, good whiskey, or select from their award-winning wine list. And by the way, they now have Whiskey Wednesdays where all whiskey is 50% off, including their new Ginger and Baker Old Elk Single Barrel Whiskey. Normally $18, it's just $9 now on Wednesdays. If you're looking for a more casual dining outing, check out the cafe with a wide offering of American comfort food classics, where you can try something quick from their grab and go case in the market, which is stocked with all kinds of scratch made breakfast and lunch deliciousness. Ginger Baker also features a coffee shop, event spaces, and a teaching kitchen, the latter of which has a ton of great events showing you how to make cocktails and special meals. Check out gingerandbaker.com calendar for a full list of events. This place is amazing, guys. Support our friend Ginger Graham and treat yourself to a world-class experience at our favorite place, Ginger and Baker. So let's shift gears here because uh, we're going to have Clay Millen coming in here in a few minutes. But uh, I was not able to make the spring football game. I know Joe Parker kind of gave me the business on our last podcast that I wasn't going to be there. But I had had a planned golf trip to Seattle on the books before the spring schedule came out. And uh, that was a blast of a trip, but I I definitely had FOMO, was missing the spring game. Mike was there. Michael, the uh, weather was chilly, right? But uh, how overall was the day? Fun? Did you guys tailgate? What would you do? Yeah, um, no, it, it was it was a great day. And, and again, I kind of went off on the board the, the next morning. You know, they're working hard to, to try to turn this into – an event for the family and dude we didn't get up there for the grit run unless there's a zombie chasing me i'm not going to be running anywhere <laughs> right right i mean i might be running to the bar but you know but we got up there we went to road 34 hung out i mean it was it had a good vibe in there i mean it was packed a lot of people going uh going to the spring game we got to the spring game and 
obviously it wasn't the so-called 40K that was down the road from Fort Collins that day, which I don't believe it was. But, you know, it was it was an okay crowd. Want to see more. But then right after they had the uh, the kids clinic and our buddy Jeff Riley, his son, his son did it. And so Jeff and I went down on the uh, on the field and man, it was awesome watching watching our players interact with those kids and and not just like going through the motions with them, but actually like teaching them and, and showing them stuff. It was awesome. I mean, it was just such a and they, they got in the groups of like 10, 12. And they went to about four or five different stations. And, and it was just so great seeing those players, like, take take on a leadership role with these younger kids. And, you know, you see that. And that's what builds lifelong fans, you know. And, and that's just something that, that CSU went away from, you know, basically from 2015 to 2021 uh, during those years. And, and – went away from really connecting with our community and, and with our fans. And, and it, it was, it was awesome. There's a, a STEM fair going on. Women's tennis play. They, they had a senior day. They got a W there. Um, the theater program was, uh, had a performance that night. I mean, it was, it was, it was just a great vibe on campus. And uh I loved it. I mean, it, we 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 stayed the weekend up there, and, and it was just it was great to to be a part of that. And and no matter what you think about what's going on in the field, that th- these are things that you can just enjoy. You don't have to get so wrapped up in in wins and losses. We all want to win, but this is something that you can enjoy with your family. My my daughter, my seven year old, had a freaking blast last weekend. Great point. I mean, I went to, I know that they kind of, uh, the radio broadcast, I was listening, I went back and listened to Roth's um, spring game broadcast. They didn't, they didn't do it from the booth. They did it from the, the porch this time, just because they wanted to just take in the festivities and they wanted to bring on guests and do interviews and, and not necessarily, it wasn't necessarily about the game. So to your point, it's, it's a, it's a day event it's not necessarily you got to go up there and see how how we're playing and, and take a lot of take a lot out of what what's going to uh how this is going to impact in the fall so uh but that being yeah, said it's, it's glorified practice it, i mean yeah, it really glorified it, practice. And I get it. you can't make it up there you can't it's, it's it's not a it's not a big deal but i mean reading the board it was just like why can't we be like that team down south because it's a circus show. People were going there to watch a circus. They weren't going there to watch football. They were going to watch freaking three-ring circus. And then they're like, well, our athletic department doesn't do anything. Sorry, I'm, like, going off. But, yes, they did. They worked hard. Our football program has worked hard to, to bring that culture in. And, you know, sometimes you just got to enjoy something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, we could – we could spend a lot of time bitching, but you know what? It, things will get better, man. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reason for our fan base to be down on athletics in general, just because it's been a long time since we've had something great, truly great happen, especially in football. And, um, you know, we just need, we just need a sustained turnaround with a quality, a product that is fun to watch, whether or not it comes with 
10 wins and a conference championship, that would be amazing. But just give us a product that is fun to watch. It's been a while that since we've had that. So that being said, I mean, did you was there anything that was interesting about the day? Did you pay much attention to the to the action on the field? Yeah, uh, the you know the first half it, it really was more like the ones versus the world. You start seeing in the second half they were mixing things in. Um, you know, our guest coming up, Clay Clay uh, Millen, he looked good. You know, he looked good, and you know, and I talked about this a lot last year. He really seemed like. You, you could see it slowing down for him. And last Saturday, I really thought, you know, honestly, I really thought he was head and shoulders above our other three quarterbacks. Um, he just seemed to really know the offense. It, it, it just seemed to really uh, freely flow from him. He was finding his receivers. Uh, and he was sliding in the pocket. And I talked about this a lot last year. I like the way he moves. Obviously, he got sacked a lot. Our line struggled. Uh, he struggled a little bit, maybe holding on to the ball. But I always liked the way that he would, he would move the pocket, how he would slide, how he would step up. And we saw that. I mean, there's a, there's a few design waggles uh, for him in that. But what – with the vanilla offense, uh, offensive scheme, I was impressed with him. Like, I, I, I really thought he was very, very good. And I like where we're going with, with him next year. I thought Stratton was, was pretty good as well. Um, I think Stratton's our, our clear number two. I think we, we, you know, we saw some of the stuff he could do last year when, when he had some spot duty behind Clay. But watching him... Honestly, I think the best play of the day was he hit he hit a back that uh, came across the middle, nailed him in stride, and he broke it for about a 20, 30-yard gain. But it was called back because a defensive lineman just touched him, uh, touched Stratton. So they called it a sack. When in if it was a live play, I mean, it would have been a huge – huge game for us. Um, but I, I like the way that Stratton played and, and the back that he hit was Van Shield. Um, Every time you, I see that uh, name at Van, now it's, I'm thinking Van Ward, you know, it brings us back to the day. Two Van <laughs> running backs. Number two, season, right? Number two. But yeah. Van Shield, yeah, he, he uh, maybe, maybe he's earned himself a little bit of PT this fall. You know, obviously you could see our lack of depth at the running back position last weekend. Um, he came in and he played hard. A uh, kid from, from Castle Rock, Castle Pines. Uh, he played hard. And, and to me, he kind of worked himself into that role of a short yardage back. You know, looking back to last year, how many times did we have a, a third and short, fourth and short play where we couldn't get to convert that first down, you know, and we'd run Avery down all the way down the field and he's gassed by the time we get down there and we would still try to run it. That San Jose state game is the one that really sticks out in my mind. I think that he could fit into that role really well. Gets a, a full head of steam, hard to bring down compact. I mean, they have him listed as five eleven, two hundred. 200. I think he's probably a little closer to five ten. 210, but 
he ran hard. He ran hard. So I, I was really impressed with him. Like I said, I think that he might have worked himself into into that role next year as, as our short yardage back. Nice to see the uh, commitment today uh, announced. Uh, the running back from North Dakota State, Kobe Johnson. He's a smaller guy, but a guy that's been in the, a winning program and and a lot of experience, and that will help because we we need somebody with experience in that role with uh, Avery Morrow situation uncertain and. You know, obviously got a couple talented backs coming in, but uh, those, you know, you want some, you want some experience there for sure. Uh, Anything, uh, just last question on, on the, on the scrimmage here before uh, play comes in. How about the O-line? Did you glean anything about the O-line? Again, it's kind of hard. They had, they had guys moving in and out. Um, More depth than last year. You know, I think when you, when we if we go back to when we had Kevin Lytle on uh, last fall during fall camp and and what he had seen and what I'd seen in that scrimmage, I mean, we both kind of agreed if if we had any any injuries on that O line, we were going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, we have more depth for sure, more quality depth, I should say. Um, I liked I liked what we what I saw. Uh, they seem to do a good job with with run blocking. Again, um, it's kind of hard because, I mean, if you just get close enough to the quarterback, they were calling a sack on it. Um, but I thought they were doing a good job with with the pass blocking and, and giving uh, Millen giving uh, Stratton the the type the time to connect on those big plays. And, and I'll tell you what, we saw, we saw some big plays. I like our, our tight end group. Uh, Vince Brown, one of the new recruits that's coming in. I mean, he had coverage all over him, like reach around, caught it, caught a touchdown. Lewis Brown, one of our receivers from, from last year, that the big three freshman group with justice Ross Simmons and, and Makai Fox, he had an unbelievable touchdown catch from from uh, Clay. I mean, it was – Clay put it only one place that, that it could go for it to be caught, draped all over him, DB draped all over him, and, and he made just this one-handed basket catch. It was – I mean, I like what I'm seeing with, with Justice Ross Simmons, with Holker, uh, kid from BYU – kid he's like 25 uh the the player from BYU like I think our tight end sets are much stronger than what we had really similar to what we had a, a couple of years ago with with Trey and uh oh my gosh I'm, I'm spacing his name number 16 um Cam Butler I like I like our tight end sets and you know Tori didn't play but with him coming back with with Justice and, and with uh, Lewis Brown, I think we're going to have a ton of weapons. And if Clay gets any time at all, we're going to put up some numbers. Now we just got to figure out the red zone. One other one other thing, um, our punting game, uh, I mean our kicking game, that that's going to be scary. Uh, <laughs> that's not good. Uh, well, kicking game or punting game? Our, our kicking game. I know that I know that we had a, a transfer in that that weekend that we were looking at. Um, 
we're going to need more consistency with that. I think last year we, we, you know, we struggled camper struggled and then left the program. Um, we, we, we didn't get that consistent kicking last year and it, I mean, didn't look that great last week either. Hunting wise, you know, everyone wants to bash on Patty. You know, he had one of the lowest like return return yards against in all of F, all of uh, FBS. And we talked to Norvell, and he said a lot of that was design. You know, doing the rugby style kicks because we didn't have the athletes on special teams to prevent long returns. And so, would you rather boom it? 50 yards and then give up a touchdown or punt at 30 yards and give up five, you know? So I don't know. I, I think he kind of gets a bad rap uh, on the board, but uh, I, I, I thought Patty looked, looked pretty good on, on Saturday. It's, it'll be a new look Rams. I think uh, there's a lot more depth, a lot more guys that have been in the program for a year now. Uh, didn't lose any coaches. Right. So that, that continuity is going to help. So I'm excited to see how they hit the ground running in the fall. You got a few nice pieces that are coming in. They'll be, they'll be new. They'll be young, but uh, there's a couple guys that by all accounts could be plugged in to get some significant playing time right away. So I am really excited for some football and um, we got a fun schedule as well. So a couple of big, yeah. big games on the schedule. You got Washington state at home is going to be great. Love going into Boulder and uh, would be a heck of a year to beat those guys. Yeah. That freaking clown show. We're not going to go there. Coach Sanders to 0-3. We're not going to go there. Uh, there's so much I could say right now, but uh, uh, we, we could have another hour-long discussion just about that, and I don't want to. So, All right. Well, let's welcome in our next guest today, CSU sophomore quarterback Clay Millen. In his redshirt freshman season last year, Clay completed 169 of 234 pass attempts, good for a school record 72% completion percentage. He also had 10 TDs compared to just six picks. But about that school record, what I love is that he kind of downplayed it. He instead noted that if the Rams had just scored maybe one touchdown more in each game, we'd have a, uh, several more wins. So he's a kind of guy that just wants to win. I love that. Clay, appreciate you being here, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I assume you're as excited as us for a little football this fall. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to be a whole new team. I'm really excited. We got a bunch of great new guys and we got a whole new locker room. And so I'm really excited about this team. I think, I think it's gonna be a good year for us. How, uh, how did you feel after spring ball? Yeah, I think there's way more of a comfort this year. I think that, you know, we got a core group of guys now, you know, when the, when the staff came in last year, I think, we had so many new guys coming in. It felt like there really wasn't a core to this team. And um, kind of after week four last year, I think that the guys that stuck around, um, all those all those guys that stuck around, they're still here. So we kind of know who the core group of the guys are. And we're just adding new pieces now. So I think it's a totally different vibe from last year. And I'm just really looking forward to this season. You know, you'll be uh, obviously as a leader of the team, as the guy that everyone – looks to to kind of be the the catalyst for a turnaround of the program. Coach Norvell said this offseason that he and the staff 
had some quote real frank conversations with our quarterbacks mm-hmm. about growing up. Yeah. Uh, what what were those conversations? What did you take away from from that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just owning responsibility. You know, I mean, as a quarterback, it's your job to score points. And obviously, you know, you watch our games, look at the numbers from last year. We didn't score nearly enough points. So that all starts with me. And I think that, you know, we had a very young QB room last season. And so I think that, you know, there was some immaturity in that quarterback room. And I think that, you know, when we talked about it, you know, they had to tell us we had to grow up a lot faster and, you know, be more mature and act like an older guy. And so now I'll be a redshirt sophomore. So I'm definitely an older guy now. And um, I feel a lot more than a year older. And I feel like I've, I've played a year now. And I feel like there's a lot more responsibility that I know about than I did last year. You know, I feel like last year I was just trying to figure some things out. But now I've got a year under my belt. And I know the responsibility that it is to, to play quarterback and be the quarterback. Um, so I think that's a lot different than last year versus when I was just trying to figure things out. And, and now I know that it's my job, you know, as a quarterback to score points. I and mean, it's always been. And uh, looking at last year, we didn't score nearly enough, so it's on me this year to score more points. Well, just going back, um, you originally committed out of high school to University of Arizona and Kevin mm-hmm. Sumlin, and then he was fired, which mm-hmm. caused you to change your mind. What yep. made you then pick Coach Norvell and, and his staff and, and, and Coach Mummy to play at Nevada? Yeah, so after, uh, after the coach got fired, you know, I wasn't feeling super hot about Arizona, and then the new staff came in. Arizona and they were recruiting me um I just felt like I didn't really have a connection with that staff because like they're just a whole new staff being brought in and uh, I was just out of I would have had to make a quick relationship with them and it was kind of they to be rebuilding a new team and uh so I don't feel great about that situation at the time so I decommitted and so after that you know when you're a quarterback a lot of the time schools only take one or two guys per class and so pretty much all my other offers you know they had guys committed by this time and so at the end, it was pretty much down to CU and then Nevada. And for a long time, I was really thinking I was going to go to CU. And I think that my mom bought a bunch of CU stuff for signing day. And we all were thought I was locked in on CU. And then kind of in the end, you know, mommy just came in and he pretty much sold me on Nevada, you know, the offense. And I just felt I felt a really good connection with that coaching staff in the short time that they they recruited me. So I just felt really good with them. And at the end of the day, I just felt like my heart was more in Nevada than going to CU. Well, it really is music to our ears. (laughs) Um, Did you give when Coach uh, Norvell and his staff decided to come to CSU, did you give much thought to staying in Reno once they left or did you know you wanted to be with them? Yeah, I definitely knew from right when they got hired that I want to go to CSU. I didn't want to. The the entire reason that I pretty much committed Nevada was to play for that coaching staff and play for that system. And, you know, I enjoyed my time in Reno and I liked my teammates that I had there. But overall, the full the full reason I was going there was for the coaching staff and playing that system. And uh, those were the guys that I felt like recruited me and I had a good connection with. So I wanted to come with them as soon as they they came to CSU. So last year, last year, you had three starting caliber receivers. Uh, enter the transfer portal after two or three games. How mm-hmm. difficult of an adjustment was that to basically have an entire new receiving core in the middle of a season? Yeah, I think that, that was tough at the time because, you know, all those freshman receivers that played last year, they came in in fall and we had split practices. And so for pretty much the entire fall, I wasn't getting any reps with those freshman receivers because they all were in the second group. And at the time, it kind of seemed like they're going to be backup players for that year. Um, so I think the biggest thing was I just didn't have a ton of reps with them. And so once those older guys left, you know, 
now they were they were starting and I feel like there wasn't a, a ton of chemistry there to start because I hadn't I'd barely thrown to them before and so once they were put in and the more practices we got together and game reps we got together the more comfortable I felt with them you know by the end of the season I felt comfortable with those guys and then obviously just having them this spring and getting the time over winter break just to go throw with them is huge. And I feel like it's a totally different chemistry that we have this year versus, you know, last year when we were playing in the season. You know, you, you were a transfer, right? So you, mm-hmm. everyone's got their reasons to transfer, but what are your thoughts on so many guys? And it's not just at CSU, but it obviously uh, throughout the country, but transferring mid season, transferring it right yeah. after the, the four, four game mark to preserve that eligibility. What, Obviously, it negatively impacted the team. It hurt yep. the, the growth. It's probably stunted the growth. Well, actually, maybe it helped. I don't know. But uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on guys leaving midseason? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it was disappointing to kind of have those guys just leave halfway through the season. I mean, it was pretty rough after the first four weeks. And so I think a lot of the guys were just looking at it from their own personal benefit. I think that they felt like their best opportunity was to kind of save that year and go play somewhere else. And so, you know, I wish those guys the best. But, I mean, Obviously, it wasn't fun at the time to to watch all those guys leave. And um, but at the same time, I think that once all those guys left, it felt like, you know, we had a much tighter locker room. And it was like when we were in there, we knew everyone that was in the locker room wanted to be there and wanted to play for each other. And so, you know, after that Sac State game, it seemed like things were kind of rock bottom. And once all those guys left, it just brought us all together. And then the next week we went out, we went out and beat Nevada. So I think that Overall, I think there was kind of a good thing that those guys left. I mean, there were some talented guys that left, but I think that overall the locker room was just much closer after that, and we all trusted each other after that. Yeah, talent is one thing, but you, you got to be – you have that team camaraderie. You got to play for mm-hmm. each other. You know people got your back, right? So uh, yeah. I agree, man. It, 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 like my first thought was like it, it harmed the program, but actually it probably – it probably accelerated the growth by just by mm-hmm. having to not waste another year in the program if they were just going to leave at the end of the year. So, um, all right. So, th- so obviously the offensive line has been a big focal point for fans and the program itself. The coaches have talked about the need to to revamp and and improve the O line. Looked mm-hmm. and by all accounts seemed to the, there was a lot of improvement this spring. What are you seeing? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a whole different. I think the first thing that's popped out to me is that this new offensive line, they have a different mentality. I think that all of the new transfer guys that have come in, they have a lot of pride. You know, they want to move the ball. They want to be a good offensive line. So that that entire offensive line group, they're really prideful about being an offensive lineman. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of sacks last year, which was obviously on me. And then they take some of that um, responsibility in their own minds. But it obviously starts with me first that I got to get the ball out quick. Um, so I think that they're looking at this as a challenge and they're really just excited to be here and they're excited for the challenge this year because we had, you know, we didn't have a great, we had a poor offense last year. And so I think that they really want to score points this season. You know, when, when we don't score points in our scrimmage, you know, they're disappointed, which is how it should be. I think that last year we'd come out and if we do a drive and we didn't score, you know, no one was really mad or upset. And it just seemed like things were just okay with that. And this year, you know, we want to have the mentality that, you know, every single time we go out, we should expect to score. And if we don't score, you know, we should be pissed off about that. So I think there's a whole different mentality with the offensive line like that. And they're just gonna, they've done a great job this spring. I think that they're doing a great job pass protecting. I think there's a lot less, way less sacks this spring. And, and I think that they're doing a great job with the run game too. too. Well, you, you got your butt kicked in a lot of games last <laughs> year. You took a lot of hits. And, yeah. uh, you know, and for you to have completed uh, at the rate that you did, um, if you have more time, 
and you you've got a year in the pro in the in mm-hmm. the system and actually you it'll be your third year in the system yeah uh, but having a year on the field in actual game action what what can we expect from you uh with those things considered this this is in your sophomore season yeah i think the biggest thing from this year or looking back at last year was eliminating eliminating negative plays you know we had so many sacks um and which is on me and so i think that this year i've you know, I kind of had took a beating last year, so I think a big thing for me is just learning how to get the ball out quick, understanding hots, you know, understanding pressures. So there's been a lot of quick completions of springs every single time when I see a pressure look, I know where to go with the ball. And so that's been the biggest thing this spring is just not taking any sacks. And so I think that once, you know, once we can beat a defense, if they want to blitz us and we can get the ball out quick and show them that they can't blitz us anymore, then I'll have all that time to drop back complete passes deep down the field. So I think they're just showing defenses this year that now we understand how to beat, you know, pressure looks, know, know what to do with the ball when, uh, you know, when the pressure is coming. And I think that there's a lot better understanding with that for me. So I'm really excited about this year because we know how to, we know how to do that. You're talking about the offensive linemen, uh, some of our recruits that came in, these guys were starters at so-called smaller schools for the last two or three years. So they have a lot of playing time reps in. Mm-hmm. You look at our two new recruits uh, commits today from North Dakota State, guys that have a lot of playing time. How important is that? We, we didn't get recruits from big schools that weren't playing that are coming in with no reps. These guys mm-hmm. have live bullets behind them. Like, how has that been on the field this spring? Yeah, I think they're all experienced guys, and I think they know how to play football. You know, I can feel with talking to guys like Oliver, you know, he's an, he's an older guy. You know, he's experienced. He knows football. He's got a really high IQ football. So that's just something you really want with a transfer guy that they've played before. They know how to play, and, you know, it's not their first time going out there. So I think all those guys having that experience really helps us. You know, I think on offensive last year, you know, we were lacking some experience. You know, obviously I hadn't played a lot, and, you know, the receivers were pretty young too. And so now we've got a lot more older guys and um, with those transfers and plus, you know, all the all the freshman receivers, they're a year older now. They feel like they're, you know, juniors and seniors now. So it's just crazy to kind of see the growth they've made in such a short time. So I'm really excited about that. So you missed a few games last season with injuries mm-hmm. and you played you played most of the year banged up. How are you feeling right now after an offseason <laughs> in spring ball? Yeah, I feel good. My body feels good. I mean, during spring, I'm not doing a whole lot besides taking three steps and throwing the ball. So I always feel great after practice versus everyone else is all banged up. But my body's good. I feel good, and I'm I'm ready to roll. Good. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. Yep. So you you, you kind of hinted at it earlier. What 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 were the differences between this spring and last spring? I think last spring and especially last season, I was just kind of trying to figure things out. You know, I didn't see defenses a lot. You know, I was just figuring things out kind of during the season. And, uh, you know, I wasn't the, – the game – the speed of the game was pretty fast for me during the beginning of the se- season especially. You know, there's a lot of looks that you don't see. Um, and then you're kind of just thrown out there and, you know, you're trying to understand them for the first time versus this year. You know, I've gotten a full season now to go back and watch the film. You know, look at all the areas I need to improve at, especially, you know, getting the ball out quick. If I see pressure looks. And so just studying that has been huge for me this spring. Just understanding defense is a lot better. 
Um, you know, the biggest thing is just knowing where every single guy is on the field, all 22 guys. You know, if you know that every single play, you're going to be successful. So I feel like there's just a way more understanding of that. And um, just mentally has been the biggest thing. The biggest focus is just understanding, you know, our offense the best I can, uh, mastering the offense, and then just understanding defenses and, you know, where to, where to put the ball and what they're doing. How about the program as a whole? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, like the difference between last year and, the, and this year, last spring and this spring. Yeah, like I said, I think that there's just a core to this team now. I think that everyone kind of knows everyone now, you know, the, the whole team. We've been together for a year, the, the same core of guys that we had last year. You know, it's not figuring out who each other, like, you know, figuring out your teammates like we had to do last year. You know, I feel comfortable with all my receivers now. You know, obviously, we got Dallin coming in who's new, and he's a great addition. But, you know, Justice and LB and Tory. I've got a full year playing with them now, so I feel super comfortable. And just adding a guy like Down is huge. And so I think there's just way more of a comfort of us playing together for an entire season versus last year. So fans on social media and and our Ram Nation message boards, and we're not the brightest bunch, so uh, (laughs) take that with a grain of salt. But there was a lot of people that felt that there were some strange and maybe even questionable calls offensively (laughs) by our staff last year, like – you know, I can remember a couple of times during the Michigan game where we went forward on fourth and long rather than mm-hmm. punting or, or going for a field goal. It just seemed like there were a lot of instances of that. But um, and, and in a year like that, you know, maybe there was just nothing to lose. But in, mm-hmm. in your experience, is is the DNA of the staff to do those kind of things? Or was it just a year where we were thin and wins were hard to come by and we just had this kind of what do we have to lose mentality? Let's let's go, take a shot here. Yeah, I think that we always want to be an aggressive offense. I think if we get a fourth and short, we want to go for it. You know, that's our identity. If we get third and five, I know I can check a run or, you know, just get a quick completion just to get to fourth and short because I'll know in that instance we're going for it on fourth down. Um, so I think that we're always going to be an aggressive offense and we'll go for it on fourth down. I think that last year, you know, we, we played poorly on offense and that starts with me. Um, so I think that if, you know, if we convert some of those fourth downs, then people – you know, they wouldn't be complaining about it. And they would be saying, hey, that's a great call. I love the idea. So I think that just executing those situations, you know, if you get a fourth and four, fourth and three, we should be able to execute that. You know, that should be easy for us to get. And so I think that's part of our offense, you know, as the offense gets better, and which I expect it to be this season by a lot more, um, you know, we'll be picking up those fourth downs. And I think that everyone will enjoy those fourth down calls. So one of the big topics of of that that fans track and talk about, especially on our on social media and our message boards, is the, the all the conference expansion rumors mm-hmm. that are going around. So, um, you know, in in schools like ours are are pursuing a spot in an expanding A five or so called Power Five conference. So, is there any internal pressure to get the football program turned around because of that and those potential opportunities, or do you guys just just tune that out is that 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 doesn't really pertain to you you've got your business to do on the field yeah I think that you know there's something to kind of think about that but I think at the end of the day we don't focus on that you know we win for our team and to be a good football team I don't think we're going out there and playing to go let's go play in a power five because we're going to win today I think it we want to go win today and we haven't been winning enough lately in the past couple years so I think that, you know, we got to start winning some games before we even start talking about, you know, moving to a power five conference. So, I mean, we went three and nine last year. So the biggest thing this year is going to a bowl game, go win some games. And, and then we can start talking about that down the road. Good perspective. Um, so NIL opportunities, who are you with now? I know you, I've listened to you on Brady Hull's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else are you working with? 
So I was with the with the Ent Credit Union last yep. year. So those were kind of the two main guys that I went with. And other than that, once the season's over in the spring, there's all those things are done because it's no longer the season. So right. all this stuff is pretty much just during the fall, and, and that's it. How how are those opportunities impacted you? They're good. I think that it was super cool, especially the radio thing. I think that it was kind of cool because my dad does a lot of radio, and so I think that it was just a fun opportunity to go, you know, meet Brady and go down there and meet all those guys at KFKA, and they're really good people. So I think that it was just a fun experience to to be on a radio show and just do that, you know, for the experience wise. And you know, at the bank too, I got to meet all the people at the bank, and I got to do a photo shoot and stuff at the beginning of the season, and so. Just meeting people was probably the coolest part, was just meeting all those people and getting connections, you know, for the real world, too. So I think that's just a great opportunity to go meet all those people. Well, you're really good at it. You're a natural. <laughs> you are. You're, you're, you're a good speaker. Um, EA Sports, NCAA football. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Supposedly coming out next year, I think. Mike, mm-hmm. is that right? Um, it was a game that I was obsessed with growing up, and, and you're probably a little – too young to have played it maybe when, when it was last out, 2014, I think it was the previous year. No, I was, I was playing all the time when I was. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so uh, how cool is it to know that you will be in a video game? No, that'd be pretty cool. That'll be fun. I'll definitely have to check it out and, you know, play some games and stuff. So that'll be a fun experience to see that I'm on a video game and um, that'll be fun. That'll be kind of cool because I always played that game when I was a kid. So that'll be a fun experience. By the way, you could, uh, if you still have your Xbox 360, <laughs> um, you can, on 2014, you can download. There is a group of guys mm-hmm. that break down film on every Division One team. Yeah. And they set, they set everything up. And, and so you can download the patch and play as yourself right now. I want to <laughs> hide it with you. That's awesome. No, it's actually funny because my roommate – that moved out he actually downloaded that roster and so he was playing a dynasty with our football team so he was playing at me and i just walked in the room and i'm like what the heck are you doing and so he just <laughs> was running around with me throwing 500 yards a game so it was fun to see yeah in fact i think you have the uh single season rushing touchdown record um, awesome which makes sense right <laughs> yeah it makes sense it's in a video game so <laughs> I think you had all of zero last year, rushing touchdowns. Yeah, yep, all zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so so you got a revamped team, year under its belt, didn't lose any coaches. Mm-hmm. Should be a lot of good continuity. You've kind of talked about that. If all goes right, what kind of season uh, can this be? Definitely a bull team. I think that that's definitely what we should be. I mean, I think that we can be high eight win plus team. You know, if we maximize our potential, I think that. You know, we got a we got a group of guys now, especially on offense. That was the biggest issue last year. You know, if I score more points last year, you know, we were looking at six to seven wins on on a season that was as bad as it was. Um, so you know, this year I think we've got a whole new offense, and you know, in scrimmages versus our one defense, we're scoring we're scoring points now. We're scoring a lot of points, so I'm really excited about that. And I think that we just have a whole whole new offense because we got that defense coming back. We got eight returning starters on a great defense, so. We already know we're gonna have a really good defense. And now offensively, we just gotta score points. And I think that you know we can go win eight, eight plus games. So you got a lot of big games on the schedule this year. It's an exciting yep. schedule. You got Washington State coming in. That's gonna be cool for you again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be nice, nice hosting a Pac-12 team at, at Canvas. But then you got a huge rivalry game in Boulder. 
this game means a ton to us, our fans, nice yep. students, obviously. Is it a game that you guys have circled as a key game, or do you try to treat everything equally, that there's no necessarily rivalry games, everything just got to kind of stay level, even keel uh, throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say that everything's going to be even keel, but I think when Boulder Week comes around, there's definitely going to be a lot of a lot of juices ramped up, and I think that we'll get a bye week before that, so we'll get two full weeks to prepare for that game. So that'll be a huge game for us. You know, I know how much that means to the state, uh, to this to CSU. So I think that's going to be a huge game, and I'm super excited to go play in, in Boulder. So it'll be fun. That's the correct answer. We used to have yep. a coach here uh, who who tried to tell us that. He treats every game the same, but you got to know that, that <laughs> game, that game means a little bit more, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, and, and just, just a little request. So if, if we happen to be winning time's running out and the coaches tell you to go into victory formation, if you just wanted to kind of do like a fake kneel and then take it up top <laughs> to Tory for an extra touchdown, that would be sweet. Sounds good. I'll let him know that you, that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you, uh, do you play any other high sports in high school? Uh, I played JV basketball my freshman year and then that was pretty much it. Yeah, that was it for high school. So not a lot of other sports, but growing up, I played lacrosse, baseball, um, basketball, um, and that was pretty much it and football. So yeah, up until high school, then I kind of focused more on lifting and then football. You're a big football family, right? You're obviously yep. your dad and your brothers at UConn. Yep. So what do you do for fun outside of uh, football? Yeah, I like hanging out with my friends. You know, I always like like the people that I live with here at CSU. So always just being with them, hanging out. You know, I like to play a little bit of video games, too, in my free time when I get some time off. Um, and that's pretty much mainly it, just hanging out with my roommates and, and friends on the team, obviously. Um, so that's my go-to. Who are your roommates? I live with – so I actually had – all the guys that I live with used to play football, and then they slowly just year by year they've they've left the team. And so now I'm the only guy <laughs> on the, in our house that plays football. So it's kind of kind of disappointing not having anyone playing football, but I always get to see all my teammates on the weekend and obviously in the facilities. So it's good. I like all my roommates. So your mom is from Lakewood here in, in the Denver metro area. Your dad had a, a brief stint with the Broncos in the, mm -hmm. in the 90s. How familiar were you with the state before you transferred to CSU? Yeah, I was super familiar. I think we're, we're really close to our cousins, and uh, they're all from Littleton. Um, they go to – one of them older – the older one goes to CS, goes to CU. Uh, he's a senior. And then the younger one, he's just going to do uh, real estate. So he's in the Littleton area. It's so all them. I've always visited uh, Colorado growing up. You know, I'm from Washington and – Every single year, we pretty much come out and come to Littleton. Um, so I remember just driving by CU a couple of times when I was a little kid. And so I've got a, I've got a huge connection to, to Colorado. You know, all my mom's side of the family's out here. My parents met here, so there's a lot of a lot of ties with me in Colorado before I came here. So, speaking of your dad, um, who has who has the stronger arm? <laughs> well, I've never seen I've never seen my dad throw in person, so I won't be able to answer that. But I know my dad had a pretty good hose back in the day. I bet so. Um, uh, I don't know how I can answer that one. <laughs> that's that's a great way to answer it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, who's better on radio, you or him? Oh, I'll, <laughs> on this one, I have to go with him. He can go on some uh, pretty long rants, so I'll give that to him. He's a professional. Yeah. 
So you, you grew up just outside of, of Seattle in uh, how do you pronounce it exactly? Snoqualmie. Yeah. Snoqualmie, nice. Uh, did you go to the city often? To Seattle? Yeah. Uh, somewhat. Not really. It was kind of for Seahawks games a couple, but really I wouldn't go to Seattle a ton. It's kind of just there. I mean, yeah. I want to go there a lot. Yeah. So being from the Pacific Northwest, such a wide range of – and this is what I ask all of our, our guests. Such mm -hmm. a wide range of culinary offerings up there. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big foodie. So what are your local go-to dishes and, and restaurants? Ooh, in Seattle? Like it, where you're from in, in, in the Pacific Northwest. Well <laughs> – I know uh, Pike's Place was always super popular there. People would always go there and get get fish there. Um, I wouldn't say that there was a go-to restaurant I had. I think that it would be more in the area that I was from. Um, I'd always like to go to Taco Bell. That was kind of my main go-to in Washington. <laughs> I don't have anything crazy that I'd love to go to, but that was definitely my go-to back in Washington. <laughs> hey, same here. Same oh, yeah. Here. <laughs> it's really good at 2 a.m., Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you've been in FOCO for about a year and a half now. Um, what are some of your favorite hangout spots? Yeah, I think in the summer, horse, horse toot's awesome. I've always wanted to run a jet ski with uh, with some of my teammates and go out there. You know, I think that'll be definitely something I'll be doing this summer. Um, so horse toot's awesome. Um, we'll go we'll, we'll go out to eat a lot. You know, we'll go to like Canes or something in the area or uh, – What's that place? The noodle place that's nearby. I never had it until I came here, and so I love that place now. Um, but pretty much, we'll just go out to eat a lot, and then just horse tooths big in the summer, and then just hang out at houses and stuff. So that's kind of the main main things we'll do. Good man. Well, hey, it was it was uh, it was great tracking you all through the spring. We're super excited for the fall. Appreciate you coming on and spending a little time with us and getting to know you a little bit. And we'll catch up again uh, here in a few months. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. Hey, good to, good to see you. Good talking to you. Great having you on. Thank you. What did you think of that, Michael? That was great. Um, I, I got to tell you, the, the thing that really stuck out to me was... Was that it's Taco Bell's his favorite restaurant? Was Taco Bell's his favorite restaurant, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, I'm thinking all the seafood up all there. The all seafood. the seafood. Like, such a huge Japanese, uh, like, food culture up there. And... It's Taco Bell, so you got you to tip hey, the captain. Yeah, you, you like, like what, what you like. like. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. You like what you like. You know, the thing that really stuck out to me, other than Taco Bell, was the ownership he took on last season. Yeah. He wasn't making excuses. Like, he didn't say, you know, I had a walk-on as my center. I had guys that had never even played it down trying to block for me. He took it all on his own. So you we know, didn't score enough points, and that was on me. Yep, so. getting in the red zone when you asked him that question, it was all on him. Yeah, you know, and and that's a leader right there. Yep. That's somebody who who is leading, is being the the face of a program, who's being the leader of the program, and I just I loved hearing that from him. Yep, the great great stuff from both him and Aaron today as well as you for uh, cluing us in on this spring game. So a um, lot of stuff today. We went pretty long. Hope you guys didn't fall asleep, but thank you for listening.
thanks to our sponsors. Please make sure to patronize them. They are what make us go. And uh, and again, uh, on the, the, the news of us joining Mile High Sports, our podcast network, very cool stuff. Would appreciate if you subscribe to our podcast, give us a review. We never asked of this, but uh, it would be nice now as uh, there's now people that are monitoring us and care about the performance of our podcast when we really didn't care before. So, uh, so appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> right, right. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your week and go Rams. Go Rams. Got a call.